All right, fantastic. So a couple of things. First off, um, if you didn't know the different kind of views, uh, especially in regards to the Lord's Supper, um, there's the Catholic ex opera operato, which is through the working of the work. Um, basically, um, that uh, that the body of Christ is is physically present in some way. They make a differentiation between accidents and substance, which is the Aristotelian kind of categories of thinking that the apostles would have not known anything about, which is why the confession says we do not carnally or corporally partake of Christ. The Lutheran view, which was um, which was alluded to a couple times, is that of the ubiquity of Christ's body, sometimes called consubstantiation, which after his ascension he became omnipresent again, and therefore he is in, on, and under the elements, um, which, of course, we, we deny that as well. Uh, we are saying that we do partake of him really and truly spiritually. We do really and actually partake of Christ. So, just to bring that out, we also want to correct from the mere memorialist position, which is that the, um, the, the ordinances, the mere memorialist will insist on the word ordinance instead of sacrament. And uh, that, more or less, they take the position that it means what you make it mean. Um, they're overreacting to Rome. It's kind of um, a Zwinglian approach. that It's just bread, it's just wine, Amen. But instead of believing that we truly yet spiritually partake of Christ as we believe, they believe it's it's just a symbol. Um, so wanted to bring that out if any of that terminology was confusing at all. Um, I wanted to get your take on something here. Um, the only time we see Old Covenant used proper, um, the term Old Covenant, is in Second Corinthians 3, Right? And in Second Corinthians 3, I think it's 14, if I'm not mistaken. Now, you started at the beginning of our conversation on the sacraments. Um, you started out saying that the, the old covenant, as in the old covenant proper, is at Sinai, right? Um, but their minds were blinded, for until this day, the same veil remains unlifting, unlifted in the reading of the old covenant because the veil is taken away in Christ. But even to this day when Moses is read, a veil lies on their hearts. Um, now, I know many translations, English translations, have old covenant uh, in Hebrews 8, but as, as marked in italics in most English texts, it's an English helper word. He's just contrasting new and old. So in the New Testament, this is the only, this is the only reference to old covenant, that, that we have in, in 2 Corinthians 14. In the circles I've come from, if you're saying Old Covenant and New Covenant, it's hard for, it's hard for anybody to hear anything other than two different covenants. Um, and this seems to be referring to a judicial hardening, uh, a, a blinding that, that happens um, that would be separate from Moses itself. Um, feel free, feel, please feel free to disagree. Um, in in my thinking, when we want to emphasize the singularity of the covenant of grace, there are times where old covenant is just simply not helpful as a, as a thought category. Would you uh, agree, disagree, or anything to say on that? Well, <clears throat> I would just say that the origin of the term old covenant <clears throat> 
is born out of the contrast that is created when Jeremiah promises a new covenant. So Jeremiah chapter 31, I believe it is. I'll just flip to it real quick. This chapter, again, is quoted in the book of Hebrews and uh, famously there. I think you referred to it just a little bit ago, Hebrews 8. Um, But the statement goes thus. um, Thirty-one, thirty-one. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. So he promises them a new covenant. And so it's new because, well, we have a covenant. We are, we are in covenant with the Lord, officially, all this. Well, where so? How so? Well, he spells it out in the, verse, in the very next verse, verse 32 where he says, I'll make a new covenant, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant, which they broke, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. Um, And then he goes on, but this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days. Says the Lord, I'll put my law in their minds, write it on their hearts, I'll be their God, and they shall be my people. And... uh, goes on from there. So he is contrasting, Jeremiah is contrasting the uh, the expression that, that was uh, heavily um, it was it, it had a legal cast to it, a legal color, a legal uh, expression. It was freighted with uh, all that external glory and outward pomp and uh, all, all of that which accompanied the giving of the law. And how was the law brought to the people? In two stone tablets on which were uh, written the, the ten words, um, the ten commandments of the Lord, plus the book of the covenant, which had all the rest of the uh, commentary. Or, well, it, it wasn't really commentary at that point. It was just the legislation that uh, accompanied those ten simple uh, expressions, the cornerstone, sometimes we call it the moral cornerstone of the law that God gave them. So the book of the covenant accompanies that. And then that book of the covenant, in effect, becomes a kind of uh, uh, the book of the law of Moses, which in by the time we get to the book of Joshua, uh, because Joshua adds a little something and attaches it to there, and then probably a later prophet, you know, completing the book of Joshua, um, you know, made it a fuller statement than just what Joshua added. But it became the law of God, right? It was the law of Moses up to that point. And it became the law of God there. And um, 
and 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 so you get you you continue to have the prophetic word that is that is um, accumulated to it. But 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 the point is that it's very explicitly stated that it was the law that was given the covenant that was made when I took them with their fathers in the day I took them by the hand and took them out of Egypt. So the new covenant is said to be focused on not an externally um, weighted and, and, and a, 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 an expression that has all that outward show. All of that, you know, so that the law appears, you know, it is brought before the people and laid before the people as uh, just this uh, this external thing, uh, or can be referred to in in such a uh, a uh, in in, su- in in such a concrete way that it, that there it sits, and uh, and it's uh, and it's and it's there, and it. Uh, it addresses me um, as a thing that's outside, but the Lord says, "You know, I'm not going to repeat that that manner uh, when I bring the new covenant reality um, into being. Um, it's going to be more of a spiritual matter. Um, the emphasis upon law." And the observances as marking those in or out will be replaced with this greater emphasis on the ministry of the Spirit. I mean, this this writing the law on their hearts was something that Moses said even to the people of old was something that they needed. You know, Moses Moses tells them that they they need to have more. They, he tells them they need to have more than than this uh, this outward commitment. But um, unfortunately, um, you know. Man being the kind of character that he is, um, he will. Uh, you know, the people, the people didn't love God uh, the way they they needed to. I mean, Moses lays an emphasis on that in his Deuteronomic preaching. Um, you need to obey this law, but the only way you can really be successful at obeying this law is if you love God. Yes, and. Um, and you know your your hearts need to be circumcised, not just your flesh. Um, so um, you have the the uh, the original um, proclaimer of the covenant. You know the, the originator, uh, the mediator of the old covenant. You know, telling the people, teaching the people that they need uh, the internal work. Um, and that just 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 the external standard um, 
will not prove effective to the, for them. They, and 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 so um, that that's I mean I would say if we were to, again to, to move back into a new new covenant New Testament uh, mode of speech, um, the the notion of new and old is born out of the Jeremiah passage. Mm-hmm. So when when we when we use the term new covenant what is the old covenant and jeremiah is explicit it's the sinai covenant so technically technically speaking the sinai covenant is the inauguration of the old covenant was there an additional word or comment besides how do we tell the difference here? Or oh, well, maybe just for maybe just for clarity here, we would we would both say that anybody who is regenerate, either then or now, has the law of God written on their heart, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. The, the in other words, what is being referred to by the law of God uh, inscribed within? Um, has everything to do with not what I can do, mm-hmm. but what God alone can do. Amen. So the 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 this um, this reference to the the internal work, putting my law in minds and writing it on their hearts. You know, God was the only one who could inscribe those stone tablets. Okay, because we're told that he did it. Right? Right, we're, right. we're not. We're not told. Yeah, Moses. Uh, you know, he chiseled those uh, things out and, uh, and, uh, and 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 scratched. No, we're told the finger of God. Yes. Put the words on them. So God made these things, but those those inscribed, you know, stone, you know, strong, you know, um, tablets and all. Um, were a were an external sign. They were a, they were a pointer to something that needed to be uh, written, if you will, in, inscribed in even more indelibly than that. But upon the soft, uh, you know, physical. Heart. So, so with with greater effort, you know, inscribed upon a softer medium, you know, sure. yeah. But the heart is so hard, right? The heart is desperately wicked, says same Jeremiah. Uh, who can know it, right? Um, we need that heart of stone removed and a heart of flesh engrafted. Uh, I think it's Ezekiel, right? Yeah, um, Ezekiel thirty six. So the yep. you need the. Um, the work of God. I mean, God. If if God alone, you know, could rightly be, you know, could someone carve something else into a stone? Of course. Uh, no, but if God alone could properly uh, carve it into that into those stones, well, then surely God alone can carve it into the heart. Sure. And yeah, anyone in an old covenant context or. Prior to the old covenant context, you know, in Abraham's time or anybody else, could only uh, have um, the will of God 
um, made internal to them, not by an exercise of their own will, right. uh, but by the grace of God. So, um, you know, to rely upon the external standard uh, as though it were something capable of uh, establishing and then keeping me in covenant with God um, just doesn't really understand what what is necessary. Sure. Uh, doesn't understand this. But, you know, the nature of the old covenant was external heavy. It had this right. this aspect to it that was uh, outward. You know, it, it just... It just had so much going on. Uh, you might even say it was distracting. And I think, in effect, that's some of what Paul is saying in Second Corinthians 3, that the glory that the Old Covenant possessed by, by the nature of it, by the manner of its giving and all the rest, functioned not as God did not intend it to, because all that God does has a particular purpose, and that purpose, he always accomplishes that purpose by it. So if the law had a veiling effect, it had that effect upon the unbelieving, and it had this, it had a God-ordained effect. Because it was his intent only to uh, reveal it to his elect, right? Reveal right. it to his remnant. I guess that's kind of I guess that's kind of my point. Is um, when I when I see New Testament, I don't deny that there's something new to the fulfillment. You know, the, to the fulfillment of all things. Um, but I, I guess. And please feel free to disagree. And first, <laughs> here's here's the only reason I'm bringing this up isn't uh-huh. to have a debate right now or anything like that. Just so that there's no confusion <laughs> in how we might use terminology a little uh-huh. bit differently. Uh-huh. So if we're just, I think it really is just a semantic thing. But um, when John says, "I'm writing to you," I'm writing a new commandment to you, but it's an old commandment. Mm-hmm. It's the same from the beginning. And very much how I see the New Testament. It's just, it's a new covenant, but but it's the same from the beginning. Um, okay. In that in that sense, so in Hebrews we see over and over again what was wrong with those because because you mentioned anybody who um, anybody who the law was hardening was unbelieving. It was for the purposes of God, the purposes of His election might stand. So in Hebrews three we have. Um, they they always go astray in their heart, and they have never known my ways. Therefore, I swear my wrath; they will not enter my rest. And then in mm-hmm. Hebrews four two, we're told that they had the same gospel we have today, mm-hmm. but it didn't profit them because it wasn't mixed with faith. So when I get to Jeremiah thirty one, and I'm seeing the old covenant being referred mm-hmm. to in the same way that Second Corinthians three seems to be referring to the old covenant to me, that it's a judicial hardening, judicial hardening. Um, that they would not see Christ when they read Moses. Number one, that exempts Moses from it in my in in my in my reading, and, and furthermore, it seems to it seems to be those who would only see the law of God as, as chiseled on tablets of stone. We, we both agree that everybody who was truly regenerate from that time to today, if they were indeed truly regenerate, they had the law of God written on their hearts. So um, that's just to clear up 
anybody who might be confused by my, mm. by my purposeful not using Old Covenant in any kind of a salvific way. Um, comments on that? Well, um, our, first I have to ask, and just to clarify, are you, um, are you un, unhappy with the language of Old Covenant because, you, because it's, not, it's nowhere explicit except for in the um, 2 Corinthians, uh, is it 3.14? Yeah, and maybe or, I should have expounded on this a little bit more. I'm trying to keep this part brief, and this is just so we're okay. not passing we'll, like two ships in the night. We'll, we could um, end up cutting out a lot of this. Right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, but I'm just so, trying to follow. I'm trying to follow what you're. I, I, you've you've expressed in the past something called, or a language that you said you like. Like f- you prefer the word first or something to testament or something. Oh, first and second testament. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that's if that's old testament. Is that related to this? Not or, really. Okay, not really. Um, that's just to jar the dispensationalists that are listening to me. First and okay. Second Testament, All you know, right. Right. I don't, I don't deny that there's a, there's a. Um, sometimes you got to get people off balance a little bit, okay. or else they'll just harmonize what you're saying with what they think they already understand. Right, right. Sometimes you um, gotta... But yeah, um, what I'm trying to highlight is that every time Old Covenant is used, whether by implication over and okay. against the New in Jeremiah 31 okay. or in Second Corinthians 3, okay. it's in the face of a judicial hardening. It's in the face mm-hmm. of those who do not have the law of God written on their heart. They only have it written on stone in the case of Jeremiah. Okay. It's, the case, it's in the case of where they cannot see Christ okay. in Moses, in, in, in the case of the veil. Okay. Well, Does that make if, sense at yeah, least? Yeah, I mean, I, if, I, if I understand what you're saying, it sounds like your comment is something like this, um, that terminologically... Um, the language of the old covenant seems uh, almost um, accusatory or pejorative in your understanding of it. Only applying to those who've received the law, uh-huh. not mingled with faith. Okay. Well, I guess I'm hesitant to draw very much from. A very limited uh, use of a particular expression or a particular term. Um, the contrast, it seems to me, uh, seems to be well. You don't even get a contrast per se until Jeremiah expresses it thus, mm-hmm. so that although there are various hints that there should be um, some kind of completion that comes. Even Moses himself speaking of, you know, another prophet, um, right. that it's only as the weaknesses and the limitations uh, of the original covenant become more and more uh, evident, you know, more and more, it becomes more obvious um, all the time, it's just more and more obvious that the old covenant, the Mosaic covenant, um, 
cannot be the vehicle, you know, that, 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 there's something temporary about that covenant. There, Paul, when he appeals to a covenant that is of greater weight or worth, he speaks about the covenant with Abraham that came before this covenant, that this later covenant cannot annul, cannot cannot uh, undo. Um, and there's, you know, my, my understanding of what Paul says or what the writer of Hebrews says is that um, the, the Old Covenant had a, 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 a Christological uh, purpose. It had a Christological orientation. It had a job to fulfill, a role to play in the world leading up to Christ. And because it becomes obsolete, then it needs to pass away and make room for the new, which is the grand fulfillment fulfillment of it, and and of all the covenant promises and expectations. And uh, as uh, one of my podcasters or professors like to say, um, Moses works for Jesus, not the other way around. Amen. Um, I've had people um, propose that, you know, one of the things that Jesus uh, had to do was that he had a, a special obligation to fulfill all of the mosaic minutiae. And, you know, I point out to them that Jesus said to Peter, when, he, when the question was put to him about the temple tax, Peter says, you know, he was, they, they were asked, you know, does your master pay the tax or something like this? And, you know, ultimately, I'm, I'm, I'm fumbling the, um, the text in the passage because I can't just flip right to it, but... Jesus uh, asks Peter the question, um, you know, who pays the taxes? Uh, but in order that we will not offend them, you know, go out, catch a fish, open its mouth, you'll find the tax, it'll pay it for both of us. Go and pay it. And I can't think of another way to understand that passage other than that Jesus is clearly stating his superiority to Moses at that point. Um, And while Jesus did keep the moral law for us and kept it perfectly, and there were times, particularly in his growing up days, prior to his entrance onto his role as uh, you know, his official ministry inauguration. 
I think he was a scrupulous lawkeeper in according to all the external standards of things. Um, but but he he wasn't uh, you know keeping the um, the the tithe of the mint and the cumin you know as he said to the Pharisees you know you you tie the mint and the cumin you know you, you you keep these tiny things of the law and leave the weightier matters undone you know I think Jesus probably kept as much of those whatever minutia as was appropriate to satisfy any onlooker at all, any onlooker at all that had any question about whether Jesus was a good uh, law-keeping, you know, according to the law of Moses Israelite, they would have been impressed with Jesus. Probably they could have been more impressed by his obedience than any Pharisees that they compared him to. He just would have been head and shoulders <laughs> above all any other Israelite. Uh, and um, and yet, and this is particularly the case when he enters into his ministry, Jesus is now needs to be seen as the law giver, mm-hmm. yes, as opposed to the law keeper, right? And the the law that he kept for us, you know, the law that we are obliged to keep is everything that God is telling us to do. So. In our day and time, we keep the moral law, and we also keep, you know, whatever house rules that he lays down for us, right? And Israel, too, had in all of those, you know, um, ceremonial and judicial regulations, um, were um, keeping the Lord's house rules. They were living in his house. They were living on his land. They needed to keep his, they had obligation to keep to keep his law. And, and to flout what the Lord said and the like would, was to... Um, Incur his wrath, uh, his just wrath. Um, and yet, you know, as Jesus pointed out, uh, even under those circumstances, you can have a David commended for that uh, exceptional grant that was given him under particular circumstances. The letter of the law was set aside in order that the spirit of the law might be fulfilled when it came to David and his ministry. He was allowed to eat the showbread that he wasn't allowed to eat because only the priests were allowed to eat it. But David was allowed to eat it. And so there were occasions where um, even the minutiae and the exactitude of the law of Moses could be judged in a particular situation to need to give way to, to greater things. But you know it would never be the case that, say, David would be allowed to commit adultery or be allowed to commit murder, right? He would, right, right. you know, if he, if, he, if he slayed someone in the lawful performance of his duties, then it wasn't murder, right? right, right. It was, it was a, 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 and yet, when he did commit murder, he was correctly uh, called to account yes. by God through his prophet and he was named and he was exposed for the uh, scoundrel that he was. But our Lord Jesus, um, on his own authority, would be able to say, all meats are clean. Yes. Right? Amen. Because, because he's the lawgiver. And he's now entering into his kingly office and ministry. And therefore, he can set Moses' Regulations and like aside, Amen. so things Amen that he, completely. yeah. So so it was old in 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 these older senses that that it was going you know at at eventually 
they were the, a, a new one was was absolutely necessary, given the character and nature of of Messiah's arrival and his character and and the the, the nature of his kingdom, the kingdom that he was establishing. So um, you know, um, if you know, to I, I don't want to say that maybe what you're pointing out is somehow not um, useful or something uh, that there's a but I just don't know myself unless I think about it a lot more and and somehow I get the clarity that maybe you're you have found or you're driving at to be able to say oh yeah I'm just totally on I I totally agree because I totally get because I'm afraid I don't quite totally get it but Oh, fair enough. Um, just to just to sink back up, because I think we're saying roughly the same thing, uh-huh. is that anybody who was regenerate in Jeremiah's day, mm-hmm. and <laughs> even before Abraham, anybody who was mm-hmm. regenerate had the law of God written on their heart. Right. Okay. There's certainly a newness to Christ's fulfillment. It's this. It's this newness that of the salvation of this salvation the prophets have inquired and searched carefully. Who prophesied of the grace that would come to you? It'd be pretty difficult to prophesy of the grace coming if they didn't know what it was, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? And so, um, whenever I see old covenant, I see it closely attached to a judgment. That's all I was trying to bring mm-hmm. out. We mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. we are in complete agreement. Okay. One covenant of grace, different administrations. Nobody uh-huh. saved apart from regeneration, and that law of God be written out there. Mm-hmm. It, it might humor you to know. Mm-hmm. I used to argue with my Presbyterian friends on Jeremiah 31. No, this is a new covenant, man. This is, everybody's going to know their God. You know, there's no good, there's never going to be an infant at the font, you know, getting baptized into a covenant they can't know yet. <laughs> you know, I used to, I used to argue it on mm-hmm. those terms. And then mm-hmm. I saw Jeremiah 32, 38 through 40, which is the same exact argumentation. Um, Jeremiah thirty two thirty eight, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God. Still in the context of promising the new covenant, right? Mm-hmm. Then I will give them one heart and one way, and they may fear me forever for the good of them and their children after them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will make an everlasting covenant with them uh, that I will not turn away from doing them good. And I'll put my fear in their hearts, and they will not depart from me. Here it is—a mm-hmm. promise in the new covenant that your children won't depart from him. <laughs> it was—it's just kind of an amazing thing. I used to challenge you: show me in the new covenant where that promises to our physical mm-hmm. descendants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the problem with posing that kind of challenge is eventually somebody did. Oh. You know. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I, you know, I, I appreciate where the Baptist um, uh, folk are. Sure. Desirous and, and, and they, you know, I don't doubt the seriousness and the sincerity of what um, they profess and what they affirm. Um, but I think there are some things that um, they do overlook. And to be fair, um, I think that when they present criticism of Presbyterian, like myself, there are times where. Um, somewhat superficial presentation or appreciation on the part of the Presbyterian, um, you know, gives, you know, some justification for the way that the Baptist tends to view things because, um, you know, he hasn't quite been answered uh, uh, to the um, seriousness and to the... uh, to the you know to the whatever the strength of his opinion is, and you know I'm a firm believer that um, 
you 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 challenge a differing opinion uh, at the strength of that opinion, not yes. at its um, yes. uh, straw, not at a straw man approach or something like that. Um, I would I would only like the the Baptist brother to do me the same courtesy, Amen. and um, you know uh, address my my contentions. But I think that one of the things we we fail to do, both sides fail to do, is. Um, make an effort at understanding the other side's position uh, from within that paradigm. Sure. Uh, so, um, on its own terms, challenge it. You know, that's the internal critique. You know, approach. Um, so, um, you know, finding. You know, because there's no doubt that that there has been. Um, some success that people have had when they have um, found a point of contact and have you know, pressed it, and 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 when person is what well, perhaps they're perhaps they're um, they're not well versed, and and they uh, they they find that they hold a particular position, and they you know the, the the reasons why they hold it, they they share it with their. Baptist or some other kind of uh, opponent, and therefore their opponent can't press them on that inconsistency, right? Mm-hmm. So, but but when you're talking to a convinced person uh, who holds a particular theological conviction, um, I really think the the only way that you could really move them away from it, if if it be wise to attempt to do so, um, is to Try to open their eyes to to an internal inconsistency, an internal critique that that undoes this. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you 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 have your own experience with it. So, I, I couldn't even speak to the, <laughs> to my mind being changed because that's kind of where I began. But uh, you you, you, you are have a blessed your own man for that. <laughs> You are a blessed man. It's been a There's, bumpy there road. Are different, there are different kinds of blessings. So oh, let's it, just say that. Indeed there are. So I'm, I'm interested in this. It, it, um, 